hey, look, we're watching an R-rated movie tonight. Yeah. We can't be blamed we can't, for the we content. Can't, we can't, we okay? can't. Yeah, we could get it's crazy. It's gonna get raw. It's gonna, it's gonna, gonna get. Gonna, it's gonna get real. It's gonna get sexy, maybe scary. More scary than sexy. Horny. Um, not. Does quite. it get horny? There are. There's a weird undercurrent of what I did not realize was horniness at okay. the time, but okay. like, it, there's definitely it. it is more. There's more like more horny scary. than not horny. Mm. <laughs> is it the horniest movie in the world, or is it the least <laughs> horny movie? In the no, world? Okay. if I had to choose, it'd be least horny. Okay, that's a good I. Yeah, but there is like at one point like a, a rave like scene okay. set like, like a, a sexy scary rave. Yes, like a like at a like an S and M club. Oh kind of. shit! That, I mean, when I was ten, I was like, "What?" A, when you were ten, I was like, "What a weird party!" <laughs> but like, it's kind of in the background. Like, I didn't notice things going on in the background. It's like, and like it's an like orgy? it's pretty quick. Well, th- there is an orgy in the second shit. one. Shit. What are these movies? I'm so confused, even more than I was. That, well, let's go watch them. No, the orgy was the thing I couldn't watch. That's oh. what, like, I was like, what if, what if my brother took me out of the off the Got theater it. during the orgy? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mom, <laughs> mom, why don't we just like be reasonable here? Do you take this woman to watch movies? And do you? Take this man to talk about them. I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason. I have with me is the subject of this podcast, Courtney. Myself, yes. That is your cue to say hello. Hello. Happy to be here. What are we watching tonight? We're watching a movie that has been anxiously anticipated. It's eluded you this many years. Yeah, we're watching The Matrix. Watching The Matrix. Why would you say it's anxiously anticipated? Uh, Because I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. You actively want to watch this. I do. If I wasn't a part of your life, you'd be like, I should probably... Yeah, I probably would watch it. Whoa. Whoa. Well, okay, I have a couple questions for you. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay. As they say. (laughs) They do say that. We haven't podcasted just the two of us in a long time. Well, are you saying it's a little weird? It's just like different. We've had Ryan here. Yeah. He's not here. He's a buffer. <laughs> yeah, between the two of us. Otherwise, we just sit here and stare. Okay, I have a couple questions for you. Okay, hit a- me. About your relationship with this movie. Okay. Because I wrote this down even though I know the answer. Have you seen this movie? <laughs> no. Okay. I, <laughs> Dumb I, question. I typed that out. Why? With a capitalized that have as okay. a question mark. Yeah. I like really wrote it out. Yeah, you, you really wanted to know. How have you avoided it? I don't know. It was like rated R when it came out. Yeah. And, I was little. And I would say it's like kind of hard sci-fi makes it maybe sound more like it's very like interstellar or something. Uh-huh. But it is like, I don't think it would have necessarily interested you. But did it at any point in your life were you like, I should watch that? Or were you yeah. just kind of like, I don't know what that well, is? Well, I just kind of was like, I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. Well, what do you know about it? Um, Just the moves like, whoa, I could do it with my body, but like I'm trying to do like sound effects because people can't see what I'm doing. But like, you know what I mean? Like the sunglasses, the Mm -hmm. long jackets, long leather jackets, all black. Green is a color I see. I know literally zero about it. Do you know? You don't know what the story is? No, no clue. Truly no clue. Zero plot elements. Zero. Yeah. Action sci-fi. That's it. So I would say this is probably the most modern influential movie that you have not seen yeah 
of like the last 50 years. That's pretty crazy. I imagine there's there will be a number of elements that are in the movie that you'll be like, of course. Because this was like massively influential immediately upon release. There are a lot of copycats of style and even like the themes. I, this is like part of why I think this is fun is because I imagine so much of this like blew people's minds at the time uh-huh. and mine too. Yeah. And I wonder how much of it has now seeped into pop culture in general where like the ideas, I wonder how fresh the ideas will feel to you or how revolutionary they will feel yeah. or how much you'll be like, I actually knew a lot of what happened in this just because, but I didn't realize this was the matrix. Just like your osmosis. Do you want to take a stab at what you think happens? I couldn't tell you. You're just completely in the dark. Yeah, I don't know what this movie's going to be about. Oh my gosh. Okay. What do you feel like, what kind of hype do you feel like there is around The Matrix? Well, not as much anymore. Well, maybe some now because we're going back into like early 2000s, late 90s like style. So maybe, maybe people are hyping it up now because the new one's coming out. Yeah. But in the time that it came out, lots of hype. I will say this, this latest release is kind of weird though. A lot, Why? Like, just because along with this and Spider-Man, they come out within like a week of each other. I think it's mostly has to do with the pandemic, but there was just like no marketing for either movies until like September, which is kind of weird. You'd think that would be like all year long, there'd be like teases throughout. So it was just weird when we're going into like three months before the, both of those movies come out. If the studios are unsure if they're coming out because of the pandemic, so they don't want to start marketing because they might have to move them. So it's it's really weird. I I wonder how much hype there really is for that movie, but I imagine once we get like closer, yeah, I have I have some thoughts about stuff like that, but we'll talk about that. After. Yeah, we'll just put a pin in it. So this came out when I was ten years old, and I was obsessed with it. <laughs> I, we kind of talked about this with the Terminator a little bit, but I was so fascinated by what this movie possibly was because I hadn't seen it, but I just saw like the marketing was very smart. It was a lot of like, was it marketing? Yes, or. I didn't have another one. <laughs> I was going to go like Marcus Smartening. Mark- sure. Mine was, mine smart- was kind of better. Yeah. I'm cutting out all of mine. What I'm going to do. <laughs> a lot of it was like, and this will play into part of the story beat of the movie, but it's like, what is the Matrix? So I was like a question throughout all the marketing. Like, what is the Matrix? Mm-hmm. No one can tell you what it is. You have to be shown what the Matrix is, mm-hmm. which plays into the storyline, but is also smart marketing because people are like, well, I should, I guess I have to see that movie. What, what is the Matrix? I want to see what that is. Anyway, I was just like, what is this? And like everything I saw from it seemed very adult and edgy. The skin tight leather stuff felt sexualized in a way that I didn't really understand, but was just like, what is this? This feels so maybe a little scary, (laughs) you know? And just like, I was so fascinated by what this could possibly be. And I remember I watched the first 20 minutes of it at a friend's house and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, like my mom was there to pick me up. So I didn't, I didn't finish the rest of it. Probably for another year. And I remember, like, I was in sixth grade, and I remember talking to this kid in the hall about it, and he told me, I'll tell you after what he said, but he told me how it ended. Now I get what he was saying, but, like, as, as like, 10 and 11-year-olds, the way he was, like, describing it, I was just like, what are you possibly (laughs) talking about? I have no idea how to, like, visualize what you just told me. Yeah. And I just built it up in my head of, like, what what is this movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, like, this elusive thing in my brain. Um, but I do remember being horrified and terrified by certain elements that I did see. At oh, my I'm excited. House. Yeah. And then when I finally got around to watching it, I think I've told you this before, but I'll, I'll share it again on the podcast. I lied to my mom. The Matrix is rated R. Unequivocally, it is rated R. Interesting. And you watched it when you were 10. Well, 
um, at my friend's house. But then I was like, Mom, can I can I watch this movie? And I remember we were at Smith's or something, and I saw it there, and I wanted her to buy it. It was like a year or two <laughs> later, and I was like, oh, I think they re they re-rated this as PG-13. And somehow she believed me. I don't know why she believed me. <laughs> just look on the back of the box. It said R, but I was like, oh, they recently re-rated this. This is probably just like an old, like yeah. from the old batch, I guess. They didn't like, you know, reprocess like, oh. new covers. Did you, have you ever told her? I don't know. Looking back, I don't know if it, I, it, I definitely knew it wasn't rated PG-13 ever. But I think yeah. I might have said it enough that maybe I started to believe it. Or maybe I really just was like, I straight up lied to my mom to have her let me watch a movie. Uh-huh. I think that's actually what exactly what happened. Oh, that's so funny. And then, I mean, uh, the sequels came out a couple years after and I was just like dying to see them because I was 13 or 14 and mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me go see them in theaters. And I was really bummed. And I remember, I think my brother saw it and there was like a sex scene. There's like a sex scene in the second one. And he was like, yeah, he like told my mom, he's like, he can't go see that. And I remember trying, to, it's funny that we like, Elliot shared that story about being like his family taking him out of the screening of Mission Impossible 2 for like the alleged sex scene in that. Because that was like kind of how I pitched. Like, what if I went with my brother to my mom? What if I went with my brother and during that scene, he like took me out and like brought me back in. Like, why am I so young that I can't like, no one will let me watch them. <laughs> You still love it. Yeah. I don't want to like taint your perception going into it or set expectations up too high, but they're probably pretty high already based on how people... Yeah. Have you ever met anyone who doesn't like it? No. I would say, this might sound a little hyperbolic. I think one of the, um, as far as like how it tells its story and how it executes what it's trying to do, it's one of the best movies I think has ever made. Whoa. And in the echelon of Jurassic Park, as far as when I think of a movie... That makes me just like gush about the idea of movies. This is one of them. The movies. The movies. Okay, so I wanted to give you two reasons why we're watching this movie. Okay. Number one, like I said, it's one of the most influential movies ever made. And outside of Jurassic Park, it is probably the most influential movie of the 1990s. As far as like aesthetic, style, what it did to the film industry, stuff like that. Okay, and the second reason, it's just a very great movie to watch and there is a new matrix sequel coming out and yeah. so this is like a great time to watch it i'm i'm very excited the year is 1999 y2k <laughs> the president was bill clinton maybe you heard of him do you want to know what the top song was this came out in march of 1999 i saw the sun no female artist madonna no but adjacent kind of she's also an actress occasionally j-lo no. Right but track? A bit older. I think when you hear the song, you'll be like, oh yeah, that it is like one of the the songs of 1999. Like hel- almost hilariously. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, do you believe in life after love? That is such a night, like. Oh, that's the 1990s. I think I might have said this before, but that song reminds me of being at the athletic club that my mom used to work <laughs> yeah. at. And I would like be down in the kids club and that song would come on. Why am I thinking of like a music video with her and like weird late 90s art graphic stuff flo- <laughs> yes, floating around yes. her? Is that an actual music video? I think so. We'll have to watch it sometime. But I also envision that. Okay. Um, all right. Other than 1999 things. The big shows were The Sopranos and The West Wing. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants. Did you know Family Guy debuted in 1999? No. That's like over 20 years old. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Did you hit like a little bit of a reality TV phase when like... Who wants to be a millionaire in oh, American totally. Idol came Who out? Didn't? You were oh, just like I was obsessed with American Idol. You're like Idol. this is the future of like yes. entertainment. Yeah. I will say, Deal or No Deal still slaps. I watch it at the nail salon that I go to. 
That's all I saw. That show, shout out to Meghan Markle. That's where she started. Um, that show is like intense. You're like, don't do it. Don't do it. Deal, no deal. And they always deal or no deal. They make you know? they make a joke that's like parroting deal or no deal where they're trying to like pitch other shows like that on 30 Rock. The idea is that they come out with a case and there's gold in one of them. And if they pick the right case, they get to keep the gold. Uh-huh. But it only aired for one episode because the gold was so heavy that each of the, every time the girl was carrying it, they were just shaking. And they're like, well, it's, it's that one. That's really funny. All right, Jeff. One of these briefcases is filled with a million dollars worth of solid gold. Are you ready? Let's play gold case. That one. Gold's real heavy, isn't it? This game doesn't work. Okay, my bad. Shut it down. Other, some other 90s movies that you might have remembered. Star Wars The Phantom Menace that you saw with your dad. Throwing popcorn. She's All That. The Sixth Sense. She's All That was 99? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a Bishop family favorite. Uh, we love that movie. <laughs> am I a bet? Backstreet Boys Millennium debuted. Oh, yeah. I can see that. The CD case in my mind. Can you? I can. Yeah. yeah. That was such a big deal. There was also the debut albums of Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. I learned today, I was listening to a podcast about the Britney Spears documentary. Go on. I learned that she's only worth about 52 to $57 million because she has had to pay such high legal fees. And also, since her father has been like in control of her conservatorship, his lawyers basically took from that pot as well. So she was like paying for both legal fees and also like the lawyers had to kind of work together for the conservatorship. So it's like Whoa. this whole mess. And she's basically like, they were like speculating she probably has a trust somewhere, but like she's she's like reported to be between 52 and $57 million after all she's done. You know what though? She just puts on a comeback tour. Oh, totally. That's true. I wonder like, how much you make. I wonder to. how much you make from a, a tour. Or even like, she's gonna get an Oprah tell-all. Like, yeah, that sucks though. Yeah, that's still that's a lot crazy. of money. It is, but like, she's but Britney Spears. That's like basically what they paid RDJ for the first Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, she's had a twenty-year career. Wow. All right. I was also looking up like what were popular Christmas toys, and like fucking Furbies, man. Fourteen million Furbies sold. I remember that. I remember... They were scary. Who wanted those? Well, I remember kids would bring them to elementary school and they would just suddenly go off in the backpacks and the yeah. teacher... I remember specifically this one time there was this girl and she... What's her name? Alicia Lang. <laughs> she had a Furby in her backpack. It was like hanging up on the rack and the teacher was like, whose Furby is that? And we were just silent and everyone knew and we just like wouldn't give her up. Hey, just like, go turn your Furby off, whoever it is. I ain't no rat. <laughs> just be like, wow. Pokemon was a huge deal. Yes. Not for you. Yeah, I didn't know anything about Pokemon. Yeah, you gave it your best, though. It was Y2K. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that? That's so weird. I was very aware of that. Me too. And had anxiety about it. Yes. I remember asking my mom, like, if it was like, are we going to get Y2K, the bug? Because I thought it was like a sickness. I didn't understand. Well, I wasn't, like, that dumb about it. But I was really like, so do you guys think the world's going to end? You know what I mean? Yes. Do you remember thinking, like, wow, the year 2000, and then the next year's going to be 3000, 
Did you think like that? No. I was, I remember riding I was, my bike one. I'm having a lot of memories. I remember riding my bike one time with my brother and his friend Chris Chilcutt. Shout out year. to Chris. <laughs> Shout out to Chris wherever you are if you're listening. <laughs> and I remember being like, yeah. And then after 2000, it's 3000. And my brother was like, you're going to be dead by 3000. And I was like, oh shit. Like I thought it was like the year after. Um, I do remember that uh, my elementary school friend, Chris Samuelson. Oh, Two Chris's. Whoa, you're right. Didn't even put that together. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Shout but out to our Chris's. <laughs> we would have like, we would alternate like as if we were a married couple where we would sleep over on New Year's Eve, like my house or his house. Yeah. And 1999 was his house. And I remember like staying up with like him and his brothers listening to the Running With Scissors album from Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, sure. Hilarious stuff. Hilarious <laughs> stuff. I don't know why I'm saying that like derogatorily. That is, it is funny. But like that, man, that was like our bread and butter. Yeah. And I remember when I left my house, my, one of my brothers was like, hey, see you next year. And I was like, oh, whoa. Oh, oh, wow. That is shit. Just being like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yes. Wow. The one time you were impressed by that joke and then it was ruined forevermore. It, it slayed me. I was like, that is, because it was also like the specificity. It's like, yeah. you only can use this once a year. <laughs> okay. I do have one last question that I thought of. Okay. If, if I was to say like, what is the matrix? What is your answer? Um, Not the movie. What is like, what is the matrix? A cloud. Like a time cloud. <laughs> a time cloud. Yeah. Sort of the future, maybe. Okay. A time cloud of the from the future, I think, is what I'm going to go with. Does that make sense? Yes. Is it good, bad, neutral? Neutral. Really? Yeah. So we'll see if that's right. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Well, let's go. And we're back. Oh boy, oh boy, are we. Are we ever. What did I just watch? Courtney, what did you just watch? I watched The Matrix. That's right. But I was really asking, like, what did I just watch? Oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah, oh, okay, no. Wow, what a ride. Wow, okay, that's, okay, my first question, as always, what did you think about the movie? Okay, it was so incredibly different than what I thought it was. How? I thought these guys were bad guys. I thought they're all like dressed so slick and like, I didn't think it was going to be like post-apocalyptic. It's funny because like these clothes were like the statement of nonconformity though in the 90s. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Oh no. I didn't, Tell me more. Tell I me did more. not foresee alien robots. They weren't <laughs> aliens, but they should have been. I think it would have been better. Well, they're oh, they're squid-like. Those yeah, the sentinels like, are. They look more like aliens than robots. What? Uh, that is just like one type of robot. Oh, there's lots. Yeah, those are sentinels. They they're they're programmed specifically to Find. fly around the real world looking for oh. remaining humans. It has very major Inception energy, okay. or Inception has major Matrix energy, hmm. I should say, because it's like we're sleeping, but really we're. We're in a di- totally different world. So, like, basically in Inception, they are in the Matrix. You know what is so funny is I have used... I even, like, at one point in my notes wrote down it, Inception is very similar. Yeah. In that both movies marry crowd-pleasing blockbuster action 
and like pseudo intellectualism philosophies, right? <laughs> right. It feels very smart. People can argue whether or not the Matrix or Inception are actually as smart as they're coming off as. Yeah. But it feels highbrow, but is also very entertaining. Yeah. Like it, it, it's funny that you like pegged Inception specifically because totally. I actually I, I know well, what you're talking like about. There's like a there's like a a team. You know, that each one has like their own separate jobs and... It's like blurring the lines of reality. Yeah, there's one center character. I don't know. The center characters are very different, but like Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio. What would his totem be? (laughs) Paintbrush? Yes. (laughs) The Mona Lisa? That's why nobody can hold it. In his dreams, she's frowning. (laughs) So much leather, so much black, so many sunglasses that I would never wear. Just so many choices. My favorite's Morpheus is because uh, I'm like, that would fall right off my face. I also, I don't, (laughs) I I have a bad nose bridge for sunglasses. Well, that that one probably wouldn't because you you have a very high nose bridge where the sunglasses go. I'd have to get them built. I don't think I've ever seen you wear sunglasses. Because I have a prominent bump on my nose bridge, and it right. sits at the exact spot where the like glasses would sit. So they, I, I either have to like situate them higher so it's too high, or un, like down my that nose bridge, like Dumbledore, like half moon glasses. I'd have to get them like specially made. Yeah. The only ones that I kind of get away with are aviators because of the way that they're designed. Uh-huh. They like sit a bit better. That has like a statement now that's like very douchey, I feel like. I'm so confident now, I can pull things off I never dreamed possible. Look, aviators, final boarding call, Beefcake Airways. I'm warning you as your friend to get off of those meds and until they're out of your system, stay away from flattering situations, weddings, soft lighting, formal wear, gay bars, and take those off. Because they make me look good. That's not relevant. Ah, welcome back, Jeffrey. How was your, oh, oh, oh. Oh my god, even his shadow. Look at his shadow! I feel like you would look really good in um, Ray-Bans, but... I've always felt I looked more attractive with glasses. I think on the whole... With glasses? Like reading glasses, I think people look more attractive with glasses. Which I know kids growing up with glasses are like aching to get contacts to get them off. Because they're like, they don't think they look... I I think people, Mm -hmm. for the most part, look better. Or not not better, but they look good and like Mm -hmm. handsome. I noticed this says March 31st. Right. It feels like a spring movie to me. Interesting. Yeah. I think this definitely, um, I mean, people weren't, I think people were excited for this movie because Keanu Reeves was like a fairly big star. I mean, he'd had like speed speed and point break, but like, I don't think anyone was prepared for like what this was. Which is also very interesting to me because I, 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 watching this was like, yeah, it was good. But I mean, thinking about the context, like. Wow, it like it was major. Well, and that's kind of what I was it's there's no way to like experience this with fresh eyes even if you've never seen it because right. the ideas that it's proposing, you just they're not they're not novel ideas anymore. Right. Like 20 years later, yeah. you're like what if we were all in a, a simulation which you love that idea. <laughs> I wrote that down. But like that's not like a take a hit from your joint idea right. anymore. Right. But like it's not like this came up with that. Mm-hmm. But it has one of the best executions of that idea. Having experienced it in, as it came out, I watched it in like the next year, right? It was like one of the first DVDs I ever saw. Right? Cause like DVDs were like just happening in 2000. 
it ripped through my mind. I, I like could not, I could not understand. Like it, it blew my mind. Like yeah. really, like anyway, if they would have known what this was and how this would have been received, this Summer. would have been like, yeah, like prominent May. Did the next ones do that? Yes. Summer um, blockbusters. Yeah. They had like, they did them back to back. They did like two and three back to back and it's like a two parter, kind of like back to the future. In fact, okay. they did it the same way where they filmed them back to back. Okay. And it was released like part two was released May. And then part three was November of 2003. But like overall, what did, did you... I liked it, yeah. Did you like it? Uh-huh. Did it match the hype? Um, I could... I mean, no, because I'm me in 2021. Oh my gosh. But I could see how it would. And I could see how you would look at this movie and be like, I want to be just like these people. They're so badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already told you that it's like... It's the perfect blend of action and technical wizardry and like pseudo intellectualism, right? There's a lot of like philosophy and like ideas about like fate and destiny and like choice. Right right? and wrong, yeah. The thing that I love about it is that it just, it works so well. Like I'm going to gush about the the movie a little bit. Like I said earlier, I just, it makes me so grateful for movies. It's a movie like this because it's just, it's so masterful at world building and conveying exposition. Like, this is the kind of movie that could, like, completely fall apart by the just, like, the rules and, like, the ideas it has. It could be such a mess. Like, mm-hmm. and just make no sense. It's kind of like my criticism I had when we were watching, like, Dune and Eternals. If you have to start with text on the screen explaining the world, I'm like, just drop mm-hmm. us in. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you do that, it's kind of like you don't trust the audience a little bit. And, like, almost like you're a little ashamed of what you're presenting so you're yeah. like apologizing, be like, I promise this will make sense. Instead of just like trusting the idea that you have. Because mm-hmm. I think this has like an amazing, amazing opening sequence where you have, if you've never seen this, you have literally like no idea what is going on. Mm-hmm. What am I, what am I watching? Yes, for like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We are to rewatch it now, now that you understand like the rules in the world and how everything works. That entire opening sequence with Trinity and the agents makes complete sense. Of totally. Like, even like when she runs to the phone booth. And it's just is gone. It's not like in a confounding or irritating way where it doesn't make sense. It's very simple. Yes. And it's like hooks you. You're like, what? I want to know what is happening right Right. now. And like the whole movie is like that. They have like, it's the perfect restraint of information, doling it out a little bit. And then it finds a place where you're like completely bought in where now it's like, all right, now we will give you the entire like spiel of what is going on. How like, what, what is the matrix and everything after teasing you continually throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. I think they like, Ask the question like at least five times, what is the matrix? They've que- they've characters in the movie ask what is the matrix mm-hmm. before they finally tell it to you. I don't know. I feel like people should really. I'm sure they do. They should study this movie about how it conveys exposition and like puts its ideas across to you in a way that feels so natural and has like such good momentum. It has like it really is such. It's a great pace to the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. There's not really a dull spot. And even the parts that I think are slower are necessary. One, to give you a breather and to give you necessary information to like adequately lay out the stakes, Uh which is another thing I want to just gush about, if I may. Did you say discuss or just gush? Gush. It sounded like dish gush. Oh, I could also dish gush. (laughs) It so perfectly identifies the stakes. The stakes and the rules are so clear to the audience. It's like the stakes of being like, is he the one or like the agents are unbeatable or you can only exit the matrix through certain means, right? Mm-hmm. There's like the well-established rules of like, if you die in the matrix, you die in the real world and agents can be everywhere. 
they like do such a good job at like really repeating these things to you. So you just have them understood so that when you hit the last 30 minutes of the movie, you're just flying through. Yeah. Honestly, in the same way, like Inception works too, where they spend so long drilling into you how the world works so that by the end of the movie, it's just like, all right, now here we go. We're Mm -hmm. pressing, like pressing play and like, we're not looking back. Let me know if you, this already answers it, but I'm also curious to know like what things surprised you in the movie. I wrote down, I can see why this would be so cool to you as a kid. Me? Yeah. Like, okay. Specifically, like, well, just any kids. Because you're just like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. It's like Lewis Carroll imagery throughout and like, follow the white oh, rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how yeah, far down cool. the rabbit hole goes. When the people knock on his door and it's like, follow the white rabbit. He's like, hey, what do you think, Deshore? Should we take him with us? Definitely. They're so weird. Yeah. His friends. They just knew that she would have a rabbit tattoo. Well, it's because they can see the simulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The mouth silencer and the belly button bug. That was the surprise to me. That was where I was like, what am I watching? I didn't know it was going to go here. You disappoint me. You can't scare me with this Gestapo crap. I know my rights. I want my phone call. Tell me, Mr. Anderson, what good is a phone call? If you're unable to speak. That was one of the scariest things I had ever seen. I, yeah, absolutely. So I told you that I first watched this and I fell asleep. Maybe Uh like, I fell asleep between that and the pod sequence, but I definitely remember that and thinking... That, that like stayed with me and like kind of like really messed with me for a while because it is very scary. Yeah, like, it's so creepy. Well, it's like His the mouth, the body horror element of it. Yeah. It's just it really is so terrifying. And that's ah, oh, that, I'm so glad that you had no inclination of where this was going because that would be so surprising. Yeah. Well, you just kind of think it's like action fighting, and then it's just terrifying. It's horror. You're like, what is going on? And then he pulls yeah. out the the the, the bug. bug. They like suck it out of him. They had like a prosthetic stomach, kind of. Oh. And then like a remote controlled. So like when the bug's burrowing in, it's like the tail's flicking around. That's like a remote controlled bug. Oh, and that is pretty cool. I like yeah, that. That part's so scary. I would say with the caveat of one action sequence, this is my favorite kind of action where it's continually revealing character. So the lobby shootout, I feel like is the only time where the action was really gratuitous and more just like, we're just going to show you some cool stuff, but doesn't really move the plot forward in any way. That, that's the only sequence I don't really care much for. So like, I, I kind of want to talk to you about the action. I was like curious what you thought about, about it like mm-hmm. in its entirety in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did, did you like it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was very... I mean, you couldn't get lost in it, really. Oh, no. It was like... It's like very grounded because it's hand-to-hand, it's right? Ha- it's hand-to-hand. It's also shot beautifully. I oh, love, I didn't notice that. I love but- the choreography, but like it's staged in like a lot of wide wide shots not a lot of cuts oh yeah um it was this was just like two years before the like born movies really like changed how action was edited and shown in movies and i would like to think that maybe it wouldn't because the wachowskis who directed the movie are like also very like i don't know i feel like they're not really impacted for better for worse by what's trendy Mm -hmm. so i don't know if they would it would have changed how this was edited or like how the action sequences were shot but they are like so easy to track, right? Mm-hmm. And I, yes, I do love the groundedness, how it's like hand to hand. It's my favorite action like yeah. to watch. Every action sequence is is, t- is moving the story forward and the characters. 
So like the two like main ones that I'm thinking about are like the training sequence with Neo and Morpheus. It's teaching Neo something important about the world around you. And it's like just kind of fun. It's like a playful scene where he's like messing around, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's like so good. And then like the the subway fight, which I kind of want to talk about more later. But like that, that is like it's showing how Neo is finally starting to wonder like maybe I am this guy. Like maybe I am the one. Yeah. And like the way that people fight shows a lot about who they are and like like their personalities, I guess. It was like this was one of the movies, this and The Phantom Menace was one that like got me obsessed really with With action action? and like loving fight choreography. Do you have any memorized? Of course. Of course. Of The Matrix? Yes. I love that. I have watched this movie. I have watched this movie so many times. And like really when I'm watching like any of those fights, in fact, like my friend Chris and I, because he had a trampoline, do you know when like when they're sparring in the training montage, you know? Yeah. And he's like, this is a sparring program similar to the programmed reality of The Matrix. It has the same basic rules, rules like gravity. What you must learn is that these rules are no different than the rules of a computer system. Some of them can be bent. Others can be broken. Understand. Then hit me, if you can. He had like the first little spurt of action where they're just doing like hits and blocks. And then Morpheus does like the... like the Come hither. Yeah. Keanu Reeves gets this like, this like playful smile and then like leaps in the air and like holds in the air and kicks three times. It's like one of the first times you're seeing him like break the rules of physics. And we used to like try to on the tramp like jump and high enough to be in the air. Oh to... my gosh. I've seen like kids do that. Yeah. I like would try to be in the air long enough to get in the three kicks. <laughs> it's really, it's really good. Wow. Some, sometime when you'll, if, when you'll indulge me, <laughs> I'll like walk through of like, even the subway fight, there's like, it's, there's such a great narrative through how they're fighting and like who has the upper hand when Agent Smith's like angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, I don't know. It's just, they're, it's great action. And it's, I'm a broken record now, but it's the best kind of action because it's complementing the story and the character arcs and isn't just there as filler. Yeah. Which so many movies, and none of it mistake. is like messy. No. Intentional. Yes, yes, very intentional. And has like showcases some of the most, I mean, at the time, the craziest shots. Like, I think when he, when Neo dodges those bullets, that mm-hmm. sequence, mm-hmm. I think that like I would have loved to be in the theater and like be in my 30s watching that and be like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Trinity! Help! It's called Bullet Time. And like the first time you really see it is when. The cops break in the door in the beginning and Trinity jumps up and kicks the guy. Yeah. I, I, I've i just heard people like anecdotally talk about seeing that for the first time and just being like, I could not believe what I was seeing. You can't appreciate it now. We don't have that as much anymore yeah. because we can do a- anything. Those are like the top level things of like why I love The Matrix so much. Well, I'm glad I finally got to watch it. I remember... There's a, there's a magazine called Wizard Magazine that was all about like comic books and like well, also like comic movie news. Mm-hmm. And I remember having this one that was like a big preview of like movies that were like in development, right? And I just remember reading like it only had like a little blurb on the Matrix sequels. This is like in 2000 after this movie came out. And it was like not much is known about the secretive plots of these like sequels other than it's like reported that Neo will fight multiple agents at the same time. 
And I just remember reading this on a road trip with my family to Illinois in the back of our van and just like my brain just being like, what, what is that going to look like? And just, I, I was so, so psyched. So psyched. You've been a little movie buff your whole life. Um, do you know much about the Matrix sequels? I, no. I didn't know what this one was about. They are largely derided, actually, especially at the time of release. I feel like there's been a bit of like a reassessment. How many are there? There's just two more. So there's the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions. And then the new one that's coming out. What's that one called? The Matrix Resurrections. The best way I can describe the sequels is like, they're full of, I think, interesting ideas, but they are terrible executions. Uh-oh. In all the ways that this, the first one did it right, it's kind of weird to watch. I don't know. There's like some defenders of them and like, I'm curious to like rewatch them and kind of see, but what I think about them. I haven't seen them for a long time. Do you have interest in watching the sequels? Yeah, because I want to see the new one. I don't want to like watch them like that closely. I would agree. I would be like okay. fine with that arrangement. But I would like to know what's going on because I assume this is just in succession, right? Well, I don't know. Interesting. The third, without spoiling anything, it ends pretty definitively, like ends the story in a way. Neo dies. No, but like... The Matrix blows up. Well, no. <laughs> that's why when they they announced it in 2019 that they're doing another one, I was like, that's insane. Like, yeah. I have no idea what the story is. And sometimes when they announce like a sequel this years later, mm-hmm. they will sometimes ignore less liked movies yeah. in the frame. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh, is this like just a direct sequel to the first Matrix? Is it yeah. going to ignore two and three? Like, I what know. is this? I know. I finally understand the red pill, blue pill on the poster. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, that was actually, I had a question about that for you. What? This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. What would you what would you do? Absolutely I'd take the blue pill. You'd go back into the matrix. Yeah. You're a coward. Hundred thousand percent okay okay ignorance is bliss baby yeah okay but okay so you're sitting there in that chair you don't know what the truth is you're just like i can't tell you the truth unless you but you have to choose right now if you want to hear it uh 100 you'd be like i'll go back no your your curiosity wouldn't imagine you had like okay if you're neo though you have like no actual attachments to the world you know what I mean? So it's like, what do I have waiting for me? No, I would this be too scared. This dead end job. I don't have any like friends or family really. I'd be too scared. You, your curiosity wouldn't like. Yeah, that's. I'm fine. Thank you. Okay, I have a question though. So like, you know, like the deal was when Cypher betrayed them, that yeah. he was going to get plugged back into the Matrix and have like a nice cushy life, right? Yeah. Do you think they were going to do that or just kill him? Oh, I thought they were going to do it. I wondered. I was like, why would they do that? You're just like a logical machine when you'd be like, okay, no, <laughs> we're just going to kill you. <laughs> That's or, fair. like, delete you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's the character I identify with most. Okay, well, this sucks. Whatever this is. He took the red pill. This freaking sucks. I will say, it's it is a. It's like a sympathetic turn, but he still sold out all of his friends for comfort. Well, maybe I did the same thing. I don't know. 
we could work to have time travel. Simulation theory is real. You'd be like, no, I just want to go back in the cave. It's comfortable here. I already know. I don't have to like prove that there's a simulation out there that's controlling me right now. Here's the thing. If he complains that much about it, you just go hang out in the construct for five hours. If you're like, this sucks on this ship, go plug into the matrix. No, because you do one thing wrong and they're on to you. No. That you're living your life in fear. No, go plug into the construct, which is their like offline little training program. Oh. Mouse to Neo is even like, if you know, if you want to go have like go play around with this girl I made in the red dress, I can hook you guys up. Uh-huh. So they have like creature comforts inside the matrix. Because I don't want the responsibility of just keep me in my pod. That's all I I just want to fall asleep and just kind of dream about my life instead of wow. actually live it. What if the what if all of humanity depended on you? I, I'm not strong enough for that. Do you think we're living in a simulation right now? Without a doubt. Get the fuck With out of here. Without a doubt. Get no. You, you know. No, you don't. You know. I think that. You okay? Okay, I don't actually believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the idea of it. I wish I believed it. There was even one uh, on this podcast. We have you like brought up simulation. I love simulation theory. It's fascinating. Do you remember when I was like, uh, well, I'll talk to you about it another time. Yeah, it's because I didn't know. I didn't want to spoil anything about the Matrix. Oh, I didn't know if you knew that was like a big part of the Matrix. I did because I was listening to a podcast about simulation theory, and they started talking about the Matrix. Oh, but I I forgot that when we were watching it. Okay, good. Actually, um, um, I mean that was like the first like big like, what if we are in the Matrix? There's like a lot of that. (laughs) I that's a fun idea. I know. Here's here's my thing. You get me talking about simulation theory, I don't stop. I also have a take on this. I wonder if it's the same. Okay. I love the idea. I mean, it's like hard for me to like, do I want to say this? Yeah. Say okay. It. I think it's so fun to be like, I don't know about literally anything, right? Like it's so fun to be like space, to think about space and to be like, there could be, I, I don't have the answer. Like, I could die tomorrow and it's the end of everything for me. But also, there could be, like, some crazy alien planet in space that's, like, been simulating my life, like, in charge of my simulation this whole time. It's, like, so fun to think about. You know, all I'm thinking about is that episode, the Christmas episode of Community, where <laughs> Jeff is like, Guys, this is a subject that breeds conflict. Can we please do what a religion stu- are you, Jeff? I'm agnostic. Oh. Agnostic. Lazy man's atheist. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like, I don't know. Maybe all of them are. Mm. It's fun. It's it is like, fun. It is fun to be like, exciting. I don't know, maybe. Like, what's up? And yeah, it's also fun, like, like, in the Matrix when they're talking about, like, deja vu. And they're like, oh, well, this is the reason for that. Oh, yeah. It's a when glitch in the like, Matrix. Yes. Yeah. Like, remember that one time? Do you know what I'm going to say? No. That one time we were driving home from Home Depot and there was like this person just walking, but it looked like they were just like walking into something, but there was nothing there. And we were just watching it like, what is happening? And then it happened again. Yeah. Well, and no- we were like, there's a glitch. We're like, these computer programs yes. are like broken yes. and they're like, kind of like walking to the wall. Yes. It's like when, when your Sim is like walking on their pool, <laughs> yeah. like it makes no sense and so it's yeah, just something's broken. Something's wrong with your controller. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those like little moments, I'm like excited thinking about it. Those little moments are so fun. 
Okay, and you're well, like, well, what if it's a simulation? Here's my thing, too, is like, they talk about a lot in The Matrix where they're like, you know, we're enslaved by the machines, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, are you really? If no one's really aware of it and no one's really being harmed by it. Oh, shit. Yeah. People just live their entire lives without realizing it. They're not actively being harmed. And they're even trying to replicate how life was. Mm-hmm. It's when people have conspiracy theories. When people are like, I believe in this conspiracy. Uh-huh. It's like, well, you can't really disprove that. When people are like, what if we are in the Matrix? I'd be like, well, one, there's nothing I could do about it. If I was plugged into the Matrix right now. Yeah. Two, it doesn't make a difference in my life if I am or not. Because the world continues as it would. Which is why I would take the blue pill. Here's my counter, okay? Okay. You take the red pill. You can like go do crazy stuff in the Matrix. You can go into the construct and go fly around. That's Wouldn't true. you want to do that? Yeah, I would want to do That's that. That's cool. Yeah. They make a comment about how they don't unplug people after a certain age, so we're done for anyway. Are we of a certain age? Well, we're as old as probably... Well, how do you think old Keanu Reeves was in this movie? Probably. Maybe like 26. <laughs> no. It's 1999. <laughs> He's probably like 40. <laughs> 26? He looks 26. Yeah, I mean, he looks, he perpetually he looks 26. He looks great. He looks great. I thought he was really young in Speed, which was only five years before this. I think he's in his 20s when he was doing Bill and Ted, which is like the late 80s. Oh, you're right. Whoa. So he's like 40 in this? Probably. 35, 40? Yeah, we might be. I might have aged out. But I don't know what the cutoff is. Oh. But it's probably pretty young. Sure. We have yet to really talk about the true, like, what the hell moment, which is when he wakes up in the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What was going through your brain when that I was, was happening? I was like, what, truly, like, where, where is this going? <laughs> what am I watching? It felt, like, so sci-fi. Like, I didn't know this movie was, like, as sci-fi as it is. For some reason, I just didn't, I, I always just thought of action. It doesn't even really switch into action until, like, the last yeah. act. You know yeah. what I mean? For the most part, it's relatively, like, a straightforward yeah, sci-fi Yeah, and movie. it reminded me kind of of, like, um, Minority Report. Yep. In a weird way, um, which I would love to watch again. I haven't seen that in a long time. I haven't either. I would also like to watch that. I don't remember it at all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I guess visually, I think it, there's a lot of elements in that. Yeah. So that's kind of where my head was at when I saw the pods. <laughs> what is this? I wondered if the plugs were going to bother you. Yeah, they kind of bugged me a little, but it was fine. It's so unsettling. And when they all like just pop off him, it's yes. so freaky. And then when she... She's like, this is going to feel weird. And then she like puts it in him. She or he? Amorphous. He's like, try to relax. This will feel a little weird. And then he's like. Or even when he like wakes up. I like that part where they're reconstructing him. They have all like the needles in him. Yeah. And he's like. What are you doing? Your muscles have atrophied. We're rebuilding them. Why am I eyes hurt? You've never used them before. Oh, yeah. Weird. Were you surprised when characters started dying when Cypher betrayed them? Mm-hmm. Did those... When Mouse dies, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Did those character deaths, did they feel like they were expendable people that were going to die anyway? Or um, or were you like, whoa? No, they felt pretty expendable. Okay. I wanted more Mouse. Yeah, he's nice. But the like, what about... People, I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, because you don't really spend a lot of time with, like, APOC or Switch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Did you wonder if at any point Neo was going to die? No. 
I didn't. I feel like if if he died, I would have known by now, culturally. Yeah. I wondered if you thought, like, maybe thematically it would make sense for him to die, so maybe he was going to. Or, like, you would be wondering about that. And also he was the chosen one, so. But they're, like, part of what the oracle told him was that he was going to die. Okay. So eventually he dies. I don't know. Yeah, okay. We didn't talk about the oracle either. That's that's one of my questions. Just the oracle, question mark? Yeah. Um, they kind of try to explain more like what she is in the sequels. Well, she's like a program within the matrix. Okay. All I, all I really know about her is that she was there from the beginning. She's like a program there to help people within the matrix. And she's a guide and can see the future. That that's another thing too, where I don't know, you just, they play with your expectations of he's going to take him to see the Oracle. And it's just like sweet old lady making cookies. Mm -hmm. I, I love when people play around with like time like that. I'd ask you to sit down, but you're not going to anyway. And don't worry about the vase. What vase? That vase. I'm sorry. I said don't worry about it. I'll get one of my kids to fix it. How did you know? Oh, what's really going to bake your noodle later on is... Would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? What about when Tank and Dozer were shot, attacked by a cipher? Uh, t- he shouldn't be alive. He was he was bleeding pretty bad. Well, he's, he's a strong guy. <laughs> okay. I was just like, why is that guy still alive? But it's clearly because they just needed him to be there. Well, and he hit him wrong. He like hit him off to the side. Okay, maybe so, like, I he, didn't know that. He like, know that. grazed the side, kind of. When he like shows up and saves the day, kind of. And kills Cypher, like, in the nick of time. Yeah. He's like, it's an okay line, but he's like, you're still going to burn, and shoots him. And then he goes like, Puh. He, like, does the oh, most. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> it's really weird. Believe it or not, you piece of shit, you're still going to burn. <sighs> um, I have a note that said this movie is leather only. Oh, yeah. Another note just kind of about like, wow, this is so different than I thought it was going to be. Did not see spaceships coming. Did you like that ship though? Yes. I like how dirty it is, like lived in. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's like so shitty and rusty. This was kind of another surprise. Kind of felt like deja vu. Um, the part where Mouse is... Um, I feel like you're going to ride that train for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to take that and run with it. <laughs> Um, the part where Mouse is talking about wheat. Do you know what it really reminds me of? Tasty wheat. Did you ever eat tasty wheat? No, but technically neither did you. Well, that's exactly my point. Exactly. Because you have to wonder now. How do the machines really know what tasty wheat tasted like, huh? Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe what I think tasty wheat tasted like actually tasted like uh, oatmeal or, uh, or tuna fish. I, I wrote that like I have that thought all the time where you're just like, what if this doesn't smell the same to me as it does to Oh, I thought about that. Else? Like, what if I'm seeing blue, but what I think is blue is your green? Yes. You would but have no idea. There's no way to know. No. Like, the way that my... What if, what if I see 10 more colors than you? That's crazy. Maybe you do. Maybe I do. I would think all the time... Like, I, I think about this a lot where the childhood that I have... This is like a little different, but like the child, the image of like my parents and my childhood is like so different than each of my siblings' childhoods, but we each came from the same parents who probably gave us a similar 
childhood, but we all like it's that's the same thought. That's like, what if I feel loved differently about like the way I grew up? Do you know what I'm saying? I got another one for you. Okay. Like, what if the way you even like think and perceive is different from other people, or like the way that your body feels? So you know, like those like Freaky Friday like body switch movies. Yeah. What if I jumped into your body and I was like something about the way that your body was? As I was like, my arms hurt so much. Oh, weird. Because it just like felt different, and I registered that as pain. Yeah. Like something like that even. Yeah. Or like what if I moved to like swap bodies with someone else and I was like, wow, I've never felt this tired. Yeah. Or like I've never smelled this before. Yeah. This is random, but like don't, do you ever think like, am I ever going to smell a new smell? Oh yeah. That's weird. I don't know if I ever will. Have I smelled every smell that I could possibly smell? What was I watching? I watched something where someone got poisoned or drank. Oh no, it was the French Dispatch. That chef drank some poison to like fake the kidnappers to like rescue that kid. Oh, yeah. And he lived through it because they uh-huh. pumped him. But he was like, that was a new taste. I've never tasted oh, that yeah, before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, that's amazing. He's like, I'll probably never taste a new taste again. It's like I didn't, and I didn't realize that I could. Maybe that was just in my brain from that movie. From the French Dispatch. Yeah. Um, cell phones were just like a big thing in this story. That one, the cell phone in particular, that like just shoots open. Yeah. That was like the coolest shit ever. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> I, I mean, remember... it was 1999, you know? Yeah. People just didn't have like cell phones like re- they do. I remember going to the dollar store with my mom when I was little and they had like this cell phone and it had water in it and you like press the buttons and then the, the little rings, it was like to get the rings on the little horseshoe kind of things oh yeah and yeah. i would like i mean it was like the 90s and so i would just like play like a Fake cell phone. phone calls i mean like cell phones were huge and such a like status symbol and so cool oh you did you see the sex club that yeah. i talked about yeah it's crazy man. <gasps> it's i hate like a, that stuff i mean it was very like scary kind yeah. of as a kid but they really don't focus on it so like i now i can see in glorious 4k <laughs> All of the sex workers, like dance, not sex workers, but all of, like the dancers and like the cages and everything in the back. But at yeah. the time, I just was like focused on Trinity talking to Neo, you know? Yeah. Also, what a weird thing. He just like followed them, went to this like club and just like standing there. Yeah. I just kind of like, okay, I'll dressed go. Dressed as like a normal guy. Yeah. No it, leather yet. Oh, I was just, this is something I always like remember every time I watch it. This is a beautifully shot movie. Um, it's very noir inspired. Could you feel a lot of that? Especially yeah, the rain. early especially early on. Yeah. That sequence of the rain where they pick him up in the car, there's like a shot, an overhead shot when they pull up to the building and the rain's coming down. It's like an overhead mm-hmm. shot of the car. The building that they're in, like the just the, like the look, the vibe of everything. Yeah. Yes. Very noir inspired. A yeah. lot of like the aspects and like it just it looks fantastic. It looks great. That's another reason why I'm really excited to see the new movie too. I'm just like excited to see a, a movie that really uses good cinematography. Yeah. It's like always exciting. Um, I was going to tell you the music when they are in the training program, mm-hmm. this synthy Euro trash, like track that's playing underneath. Okay. Someone that we both know once told me when I was talking to some people about the Matrix, she said, "You know, when I was in college, I was a model, and the <laughs> you were gonna bring this up. The song I modeled to was that song from the Matrix. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? Do you remember this story? 
I could not, I could not forget this story if I tried. Ah, damn it! I, I was really hoping I would like reveal the name to you, no, and you would be I, like, "Yeah, I remember." That is the funniest thing. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> She's like, "That was the, that was what I watched." She's like, to. "That was my catwalk song." This was written and directed by the Wachowskis, formerly the Wachowski brothers. They've since transitioned, so the Wachowski sisters. Oh yeah, you told me about. What else have they directed? So they did this. They their first movie was a movie called Bound, which is like a pretty great, like small, like lo, kind of low budget noir movie. Okay. Um, and off the back of that is when they got they moved into the Matrix. Okay. They made the Matrix trilogy. They made um, Cloud Atlas, the one with Tom Hanks. It must have been the Matrix that you were telling me about then. I did. Yeah, I've listened okay. to. There's a really great podcast called Podcast Like It's 1999, where they did like two episodes on the Matrix and had a trans writer come on the show and talk about like how a lot of like you can see like in the DNA of the matrix is a lot of like ideas and concepts that like within the trans community. Oh, interesting. Which is a lot of like feeling like something's wrong with the world around me and like I need to wake up from it or like there's like the me, the real me, but there's like the digital projection of me. Uh There's like a lot of those things where I could totally see that. Yeah. It's very interesting that That's they are cool. both trans now, knowing mm-hmm. that like kind of you can kind of see like the the breadcrumbs in there, I guess. With, like their experience, yeah. Yeah. So Warner Brothers was initially kind of reluctant about this movie because they they just didn't really understand like I, that a lot. That's kind of like a running thread when they were like pitching this movie to people. People were like, I don't get what this is. So they hired some comic book artists to draw a six hundred page storyboard of the entire movie, which is what like sold WB on it. Um, they made them film in Sydney, Australia. It's all filmed in Sydney. And I think to take advantage so of some you... tax credits. Oh, interesting. Apparently Australians watching like this and some other movies are like, that's Sydney. Like apparently it's very, dist- that's it's very distracting. Be- some movies are for Australians. That's funny because like, I thought it was like a set. I thought that a bunch of times, like this looks like a set. I think it kind of works in its favor because it feels, it's supposed to be like the U S but it feels not quite like the U S Yes, which kind of, like adds to the element of this yeah, something's, not, something's not right. It's not It's not like it looks like Times Square. They also, uh, there was some issue with like the executives kind of holding back some of the budget. And so they, the first thing they shot was the opening segment with Trinity and they sent that to them, which the executives were like, this looks amazing. Like here's like, here's your money basically. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a pretty big list of people who turned down the role of Neo. The most prominent mistake, one. wasn't it? Yeah. The most prominent one was Will Smith. Oh, boy. Turned it down to star in Wild Wild West. Well, okay. Look, it's one of those things that makes sense, I think, at the time. Sure. Because that was the director of Men in Black. And so it's like, yeah, here we go. Round two. She was with uh, Kevin Klein, right? Who I think is very charming. Sure. That movie is not good. He has has since said, like, he's like, I don't think I would have done a good job because I didn't really understand it. He's like, I don't think I was, like, the right actor for it. I, I can totally see him in this role, though. It would have been very different, though. Totally. Right? And like, okay, so here's some of the other names of people who were offered, but like turned it down. Nicholas Cage. Okay. Um, does Elliot know that? No, I, I'm sh- I actually he probably does. He probably does. <laughs> Elliot, let us know if you knew that information already. <laughs> if you have actually anything to add to that. I'm sure he does. Um, Brad Pitt. Val Kilmer. Leonardo DiCaprio apparently turned it down because he didn't want to do another he didn't want his follow up to to Titanic be another like CGI movie or like action movie kind of Um, the Wachowskis actually wanted Johnny Depp but Warner Brothers were the ones who pushed for Keanu Reeves good move they also sent the script to Sandra Bullock with the suggestion of rewriting Neo to be a woman 
which I thought was interesting. Oh, that is interesting. That's interesting that like those two against each other who speed the lake house. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they also dated in real life, I think. Really? Oh, I very... don't know. I could have made that up. I hope, I hope they did. Yeah, me too. I'd like to think they did. Keanu Reeves is kind of perfect for it. There are some like line delivery that's kind of laughable, right? Like kind of funny now. Yeah. But there's like something like perfect about it like works perfectly, I think, in his range. And one of my favorite things about Keanu Reeves is like his physicality is so interesting. <laughs> and like it gets. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> when someday we're going to watch some of the John Wicks. I'm going to like show those oh, to I you. Oh, I know. I want to watch them. He is like, he has such a, because str- he's a bit older in those, right? He looks more like weathered. Like his gait is so weird. There's like, it's so interesting though to watch him move. Mm. And same in this movie, like it, it I love watching him fight. Like he looks amazing doing it. I love that one scene where he just is like when he's fighting the agent and uh-huh. his arms go up. Oh, he like flexes and all the dirt flies off that part. And also the part where he kicks the guy and then his leg. Oh, his beautiful balletic leg yes. stays up and like yes. moves all the way around. <laughs> Which like it's fast. You know, you're seeing the slow part, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's an amazing... He is like, balletic. Yes. He's yeah. a very gifted, like, physical actor. Was he ever a dancer, do you know? Probably. I'm sure that was part of this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really have any other uh, casting news, but I thought you might want to know that so they, since they filmed this in Australia, a lot of Australian actors kind of were hired for it. Like Hugo Weaving, who plays Agent Smith, is an Australian actor. Okay. You know that the they filmed a lot of the Star Wars prequels in Sydney and around Australia. You know Mouse? He's like the smaller guy yeah. on the crew. Do you know who that is in the Star Wars prequels? No. Do you remember the part where they were in the diner looking for that assassin and that guy tries to give Obi-Wan some death sticks? You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life? I want to go home and rethink my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that guy that he waves off in that diner, do you, I'm going to show you his name. His actual name in the story. Okay. I want you to, will you read the name as soon as you see it? <clears throat> Absolutely. Elon Sleazebagato. <laughs> Elon, Elon Sleazebagato. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Who, who's writing this movie? Sleazebagano rings a bell, unfortunately. Oh, I know okay. another Elon sleaze Bagano. Whoa! <laughs> She's coming for you. He She's coming space. for you. <laughs> you talked about like the coloring, the color yeah. coding of the movie. Yeah. The production team liked using the color. They color graded green the scenes that were set within the simulation and blue oh, for the real world. Okay. Keanu Reeves' stunt double broke some ribs, hurt his knees, and dislocated a shoulder doing the stunt where. He jumps up and slams Agent Smith into the top of the train. Okay, yeah. yeah. His stunt double's name is Chad Stahelski. He is also the director of John Wick movies. Oh, that's not, cool. Not all of them. I think he's like a producer of all of them, but I think he directed one and two. Keanu became like really close with the entire stunt crew. Of and course like, he did. That's how they go. He... Like, he's the most charismatic man in the world. This will surprise no one if you've heard anything about him, but he really is like, you think of like a handful of like celebrities who are just like the best, genuinely the best people. Yeah. There's like, a, I remember there was a whole thing about, I think the Matri- the second Matrix movie where he, I think he for didn't accept his salary in order to pay some of the crew. Yes. Have you heard that too? Yes. Yeah. I feel like we've talked, have we watched any other Keanu Reeves movies? Speed. We saw Speed last summer. 
Well, have we podcasted about it? Um, so we didn't podcast about speed. But I, I was just, I, I can't remember if I've told you this. I was listening to a podcast episode about um, Nancy Myers uh, movies. The podcast is called Oh You Nancy, huh? Okay. And they were talking about something's got to give. Oh, yeah. Is you that can, the one? If you can walk upstairs, you can make love. That one? <laughs> yes. Maybe I've said this before on the podcast. I don't maybe, because I think we talked about Keanu maybe when we did like Mission Impossible or something. Oh. Because we were talking about John Wick. I don't well, know. Well, there was like Go an ahead. AMA, like, and so people were just like asking. It was just like a very charming like AMA with Keanu Reeves. And there was this one question that was like, what's your favorite TV show? And his answer was the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to find some more and share them with you because they were the funniest answers. It, he's just like he is. He's just. He's, he's a sweet. He's a sweetheart. Yes. Like he's so great. He's yeah, there so was great. like another question that was like, "What do you? What would you say to like people who didn't believe in you?" Or so, it was something like that. And his answer was like, "Well, I hope I hope they're happy. Like I hope they're thriving or something like that." Have you seen when he was on Colbert? And like, I think Colbert was trying to just have like a playful question where he's like, probably like thinks he's going to get like a funny answer. Yeah. He's like, what do you think happens when we die, Keanu Reeves? I know that the ones who love us will miss us. It's very endearing. That's why even like, yeah, he's not like his range. He has a very specific acting range. But like you just you're rooting for him because you're like you know that he's just like Keanu. he's the best he's the he best. Is. I like the visual effects in this movie, even though there's like they they're when they really use like visual effects, mm-hmm. it kind of like creaks a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was just before we had like way too rubbery CGI. In fact, that's something that really is a plagues the Matrix sequels. Oh. There's like there's one sequence in particular that's what like What do you mean rubbery? 2002ish to like 5, people were like we can do anything with CGI now, but it wasn't good enough, so things just look too slick and rubbery. They look like cutscenes from like a PlayStation 2 game. Like okay, first thing that comes to mind, Inspector Gadget. Okay, that's like rubbery when his hand comes out. If we watch ever the Matrix sequels, you will know exactly which part okay. it is. This came out just before where they just were dumping CJ into everything. And so even like the part where Trinity is like running from the agents at the beginning, she's like jumping across. You can tell that she is like there and the mm-hmm. background is like not is completely composited yeah. behind her. But there's still something that feels like tactile, more tact like better about it than like just CGI. I don't know. I really like it. But I think they did a good job blending practical and digital effects where they could. I want to tell you a bit about bullet time. I think like the real standout bullet time sequence is when the agent is shooting at Keanu Reeves. They filmed real footage of him dodging the bullets in case it ended up not working, the bullet time. But like, here's how they did that. It's it's pretty amazing. They, they're they not the first people to do this technique, but I, they definitely were the ones that popularized it. It's called a chroma key setup. So it's like they have Keanu Reeves on like a green soundstage. They set up a bunch of cameras all around him, Okay. And then he does the actual movement. So when he's like flying back, he's on wires flying back and doing all of that. Okay. They set off the cameras in rapid fire succession. Boom, 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 boom. It creates the illusion of motion. And then they like put each shot next to each other. That's how they're able to slow it down and move the camera around him in slow-mo. 
before like you really could do that with CGI kind of. They they've done things before where the subject was frozen and something was moving around it uh-huh. in slow-mo, but they wanted to capture where he was moving while you, the camera was moving around him. Normally, a camera captures an image at 24 frames per second. Yeah. But they were capturing at 12,000 frames per second. Whoa. Wow. I've I've watched a bunch of like behind the scenes I bet like, you have like featurettes on this. It's I mean, it was really cool. The one on bullet time, I sh- I'll, anyone go look those up. They're really cool about how they did that. Um, I thought you might like this. Switch, she's the one with the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. She was originally supposed to be an androgynous character where she would be a female, or I can't actually can't remember which gender, but she'd be one gender in the real world and a different gender inside the Matrix. Oh, that would have been cool. Keanu Reeves lost 15 pounds and shaved his whole body for the pod scene. When they do the training program when they're walking through the streets and the woman in the red dress shows up, you know that? Uh-huh. And they had cast numerous sets of twins as extras in that scene to create the illusion of the program repeating different characters. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? Um, this was released, like you said, March 31st. It made $463 million, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think that's fair. I don't think 88% is fair. Well, what do you think? It should be higher? Yeah. To me, I would probably give it a 90. I would say I would give it a hundred. This is a perfect movie to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, questions for you. Who was your favorite character? And who oh was my your gosh, least favorite Neo. Character? He was your favorite character? Yeah. I loved Morpheus too. Okay. Least favorite character, Cypher. Okay. But like, I don't mean who was the bad guy. I thought I could answer your questions the way that I wanted to answer your questions. <laughs> All right. And how's this? Which character engaged you the least? Probably Trinity. Okay. I like her. She's fine. I actually think this movie does a pretty good job where there's not really a lot of really uninteresting characters. Yeah, I would agree. Or maybe the two that died. I would say I'm also my favorite character. It was, it was tough because like, I like Neo a lot and he's like, you know, the audience avatar. Yeah. I really like Morpheus. I really like Agent Smith. I think Hugo Weaving is so good. He's so good at playing like a computer program who is starting to hate his job. <laughs> yeah. Like when he's interrogating Morpheus, <laughs> he feels such like passion and rage. And that's that's interesting of like a computer program adapting to that and like learning to like have emotions like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place. This zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I've somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive, isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key, my key. Once Zion is destroyed, there is no need for me to be here. Do you understand? I need the codes. I have to get inside Zion. And you have to tell me how. Most engaging parts and least engaging parts for you. I would say I was probably most engaged the pod sequence. I just was like, what is going on? Oh, I forgot to tell you. I looked at, I kind of looked over at you and your mouth was just agape <laughs> the entire time. Was it? Yeah. 
because I was just like, what is this? Oh, that's gross. Ew, I don't like this. Ew, I don't, ew, ew oh, turn this turn off. off. No, I don't like this at all. It was just like fascinating. Like, what? Where is this going to go? I was just locked in. I guess the least engaging part was that fight you were talking about because I don't remember it. Oh, the and the shootout in the lobby? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any other parts that really gripped you? The end where he figures out his powers. It's the whole, you get to see him become the chosen one. Uh, I think my least favorite or least engaging moments are after he's woken up from the pod, there's just, it's a little repetitive. They show a lot of like him like, falling asleep and waking back up and they tell him a little bit more and then he falls asleep again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't really cut it because I feel like you need that information. But if I'm rewatching it by myself, I'm probably like skipping that stuff. Because sure. I'm like, I got it. I know this information. I want to get to like some of the more the good stuff. I had th- three moments I really liked. Okay, go for it. Tell me. I kind of already talked about them a little bit. Um, the training fight. One element of it I think is so fun is that... Uh, all the other crew are just so psyched to watch. More hits is fighting Neil. Neil and they all just like rush to like the monitors. They don't have anything else to do. <laughs> That's true. It's such a smart thing to do in the movie to set these rules where you can look like badasses. It's like an in-story reason for them to look awesome and do crazy stunts and wire foo that makes sense within the story. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I love like the subway fight. When he's about to run from the agent and he stops and like turns around and it's like, I'm going to face you now. Mm-hmm. Mr. Anderson. Run, Neo, run. What is he doing? He's beginning to believe. I'll tell you the moment I get chills. And I know. I already know what it is. Agent Smith is just kind of kicking his ass and then yeah. he like does like the flex. And then, like, does, like, the, you yeah. know? I like that you only feel triumph for a second. He, like, gets away, and, like, the train smashes through Smith. He's like, And then he comes right ah, back you, out. You feel like I did it. And you're you're just like, I just can't get rid of these guys. I love that it transitions right to, like, a foot chase. Yeah. That, I, like, I remember being so gripped by that whole sequence. Yeah, and, like, no guns. No guns. You're just running. It's also, like, they are so scary when they're just, like, jumping from body to body. Yeah. There's also something very scary about the idea that if you're plugged into the Matrix, the agent could just, like, choose to jump into your body. Yeah. And, like, be in your body for, like, a week. And then someone goes to kill you. And they just jump into another body. And, like, you're just dead now. Yeah. And then obviously the part where I'm the most, huh? I get a little emotional maybe. The favorite sequence in the whole movie for me is the very end when Neo finally like the kiss of love, I guess, wakes him up. <laughs> so her love like wakes him up. Yeah. That's weird. Is there anything beyond? No, that's that. that that's fact, how it breaks a little bit. Uh, that is one element where I'm like, well, Okay, true love's kiss kind of a thing. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. No, thank you. I didn't. Um, the one way that I've like made it work more in my brain, where it's not just like a very cheesy cop out. Yeah, because there's a line where Mouse is, says something like, "When we deny our impulses, we deny the things that make us human." Mm-hmm. So the idea that her love, the human emotion of love and like humanity, is what revived him from death by machine. So, like, something about, like, machines versus humanity. Kind okay, of. but... I, that's... That's what you got. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. No, it, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's clunky. It is. It almost, like, almost taints that sequence a little bit. Yeah. But I, I just try to, like, ignore that part. But I love... He stands up. Obviously, I'm just walking through the story beats that you just watched. Uh-huh. But stops the bullets. 
power. He is the one. And like, it's so beautiful and like poetic kind of. The vacancy that he has lends itself to his like amazement of like looking at the bullets and like yeah. he can see yeah. the code. Wait, why can he see the code? Like something like clicks in his brain and now he is like in control of the Matrix. Oh, okay. It's very simple storytelling, right? But it is so satisfying when he just is like effortlessly blocking him and then turns to the side and with one arm is just blocking every punch that Agent Smith, it's it's just so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then he blows him up and I was gonna tell you, remember when I was talking to that kid in sixth grade? Oh yeah. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I've seen the Matrix. And I was like, well, how, what happens? And the way he said it, he was like, Neo goes into the machines and like blows them up. What do you mean? He's like, he goes into the machines and like kills them and the machine blows up. (laughs) And I get what he meant now that he like literally jumped into the agent. Yeah. And then my brain, he was like, went into like the machine factory and like (laughs) blew up a like facility. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just like the reversal too, where they, everyone is so afraid of the agents. Their whole thing is like, if you see an agent, you run. I love that he blows up the agent, looks at the other two, and they run. Uh-huh. They're like, he now, yeah, and like, that's good. you know me, I like a good epilogue that takes its time, but I also like how this just like, it wraps up like the key, the most immediate stakes when Keanu Reeves walks out of the booth at the very end of the movie, the phone booth, after he makes that final call, and he's just kind of like walking in slow-mo and like the music. That's playing. when he looks his best. I almost turned to you and was like, he is so hot. He Sorry, is so hot. He looks so good right there. I know. And he's like wearing all like black and it's it like just looks... Buttoned up right at the top. It looks great. Yeah. Did, did, what, did you, what did you think of him flying? Is that cool or uh, cheesy? I mean, it's a little cheesy, okay. right? Like... <laughs> How can it not be? But it's also awesome. It is cool. Because like, that's also something you like. So you're like, what's coming? Well, you're like, I haven't been introduced to flight. So you're also yeah. not really expecting that. Yeah. So that was The Matrix. Are you glad you watched it? Yes. Do you think you would have liked it if you had seen it earlier in your life? Probably not. I've come so far. What changed? What do you think? Why do you think I you like it? I understand action more... I mean, you've come to believe more in simulation theory. That probably is the yeah, biggest breakthrough that helps. for you. <laughs> I like interesting stories more than I used to. That sounds stupid, but like... No, no, I don't think so. That's how I That's how I feel about my taste in movies too. Yeah, it's kind of like, what else can I learn? You know, we don't talk about that either. What? They're like, one second, let me learn how to fly a helicopter. Operator. Tank, I need a pilot program for a B-212 helicopter. Hurry. Oh. oh my gosh that would be if i could have a superpower actually that might be one that i would choose you Wait. could just like know something i know kung fu <laughs> yeah. oh man that part was great <laughs> yeah so i like it i like it more and and oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a glitch in the matrix <laughs> wow um i was also gonna say it's also, I also like watching movies that were like very culturally significant, obviously. Oh, yeah. So like this was one I had to watch. That's so, f- I, I feel like I will put up with a lot in a movie. No, right. Because I know it had like a huge effect on culture. You know what I mean? That I wouldn't normally be like, why am I yes. sitting through this? I mean, this is a big one too. You, uh-huh. you, know, you crossed off your list. 
You've seen yeah. The Matrix now. I've seen The Matrix. I mean, I'm always so curious with a movie that is this ingrained in like the zeitgeist, you know? Yeah. Of like, is it even that satisfying to watch for the first time 20 years later? Right. I think this is a perfect movie. What would you give it out of four stars? Three. And you're excited for I mean, for I would it. give it more than three if we were allowed to. I gave it 90%. Are, I was going to say you are allowed to. <laughs> yeah, but like I gave it 90%. Oh, okay. That doesn't equal three stars. Oh, okay. And I'm very excited to see the fourth movie. That's something that's nice about having two and three be such disappointments that I'm mentally prepared for the fourth one to also be a mess. Yeah. But I'm just so intrigued by what could this possibly be? Yeah. I've been kind of avoiding trailers as much as I can. You have to. All right. Well, All right. thank you for watching it with me, Courtney. <clears throat> thank you for showing it to me, Jason. Courtney, if people want to reach us. As a podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Wife Watches. You can find us on Twitter at Wife underscore Watches, but we never tweet. You can send us an email at MyWifeWatchesMovies at gmail.com. You can send us voice notes to our personal cell phones because there aren't a lot of people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> and most of you have our phone numbers. <laughs> Although, do you think this is going to get some traffic? Because I'm going to drop this right before the new one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> SEO, baby. Oh, yeah. Watch you later. Watch you later. And remember. Hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. You want some more? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Come on! What you got? You can't stand it! <laughs> <laughs>